0: So, today's episode is with my friend Diana Little. She is one of the most real, genuine souls I know. I want to thank her for coming on and sharing her story, sharing about her journey. We talked about the healing path of psychedelics. We talked about specifically psychedelic assisted therapy. We talked about having spiritual awakening and tapping into higher levels of consciousness and healing. And it was such a rich and juicy interview. I know I learned a lot and I know you will too. So without further ado, here's the interview. Take a listen. Okay, thank you, Diana, for taking the time to be here on my new podcast. So, before we get started, I want to give a brief introduction to our listeners just so they get to know a little bit more about you. So, Diana Little became a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California in 1996. Since beginning her master's program in 85, she has worked extensively in addiction treatment and multiple psychotherapeutic modalities. She has an extensive knowledge of psychedelics and their psychological benefits. This learning was founded in her graduate school work, which focused on the study and practice of transpersonal psychology. And looking forward to finding out more about that. She says her greatest learning is from her own personal experience. And both personally and professionally, she is very much deeply rooted in Buddhism and humanistic psychology. So, welcome, Diana. Thank Thank you you for having me, Rosa. Yes, thank you for coming on. I'm so happy that you're here. So, tell us a little bit more about how you discovered your calling to. Do this work that you do. Ever
1: since I was a tiny baby, I wanted to be a counselor or a psychologist, something of that nature. And I'm exaggerating mm-hmm. slightly, mm-hmm. but I do come from a long line of drug addicts, alcoholics, bipolar disordered, all kinds of, mm-hmm. you know, imperfect human beings yeah. um, with pretty serious problems. And mm-hmm. so like most children, you know, I want to fix the family.
2: Right, right. So
1: that's where my work began and my study began was in trying to navigate a highly dysfunctional and violent family
0: yeah, system, so that almost that included a, it, drugs and
1: alcohol, as I mentioned. So yeah, um, trying
0: to process your own, your own stuff, your own and your family. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. And where uh, are you from? I was born in California
1: okay. and um, moved a great deal. Um, my parents split when I was eight and uh, my mom married my stepdad and we moved to Indiana, Massachusetts, and then New Jersey, um, which is where I did my college and grad school work was at mm-hmm. Kane College, now Kane University,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Union, New Jersey. And um, so that's a little bit, that's where I come from. And I came yeah. back to California in 1990 Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I began to pursue my license as a marriage family
0: benefit. Okay. Oh wow! So you just ha- you have so much experience. I mean, I didn't realize that you've been doing this. I like almost thirty five years, right? I mean, in yeah. the mental in the mental health field. Yeah.
1: Start, grad school started, and that's a whole sort of a miracle story of how mm-hmm. I got into grad school as easily as I did, and into the program that I did.
2: Yeah. It was
1: like. Doors just opened. Boom, oh boom. wow! I barely had it yeah. back. And as I said, I always wanted to be a therapist mm-hmm. in
0: mm-hmm. some
1: capacity. Uh, so yeah, when I started my grad program in 1985, and that was in transpersonal psychology, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, which was just the most perfect fit for my own interests
2: yeah.
1: and inclinations. And mm-hmm. it just was, you know, coincidental or meant to be. You know, however yeah. you want to look at it. Yeah.
0: Okay. So yeah,
1: that's when my work started was nineteen.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about transpersonal psychology and just what does that involve? Sounds so interesting. Yes, I love
1: transpersonal. You don't really hear it talked about very much. It certainly does still exist, and um, you know, in recent years, the word or the um, the prefix trans. Mm-hmm. Come to mean a lot of different things, you mm-hmm. know, and as it tends to have a, yeah. you know, it seems to be sexually or- oriented mm-hmm. in its meaning. And in this case, not at all, although, you know, certainly encompasses every aspect yeah. of our humanity. Um, so it was um, Maslow and his hierarchy of needs actually added beyond um, self actualization. Shortly before he died, he added another Mm -hmm. level, which he called transcendence, which is to indicate the evolution or transcendence into an even higher level of consciousness
0: Mm. beyond
1: self-actualization. So it takes the knowledge of the self. Yeah. And expands that into a greater consciousness, a universal consciousness in which we are all connected. We are uh, responsible for our personal evolution as well as Mm -hmm. the evolutions of each other.
0: And uh, Mm -hmm. that
1: also encompasses work with psychedelics and Mm -hmm. any other sort of modality that's going to facilitate that transformation, that higher, higher consciousness. And, okay. um, and very much in alignment with my also predisposition to Buddhism. So I started yes. studying Buddhism as a teenager mm-hmm. and declared myself as Buddhist at some point in my 20s,
0: I think. Oh, okay. So very early. Yeah, very, very early. Yeah. Very early on, yeah.
1: Raised Christian, and I was very mm-hmm. devout in that belief, um, but I always had more questions. Mm-hmm. Christianity, Christianity mm-hmm. is very faith-based. Mm-hmm. Um, where buddhism is much more experiential Mm -hmm.
0: and much more addresses i never thought about it like that but yeah Mm -hmm. you're right yeah
2: yeah
1: and it addresses suffering in a way that um Mm -hmm. christianity never really addressed for me Mm
0: -hmm. you know having
1: faith wasn't enough for me i needed to have knowledge and experience
0: okay okay and, the, and that's the part that um, the going into transcendental psychology or transformational, sorry, transformational psychology. Is transpersonal. Get, transpersonal. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, don't feel bad. Yeah. Like nobody's like, what's that? You know, but it's
2: totally
0: it just it, it just kind of like you said, just fell right in alignment with what you were already searching for and in, in life and, and the healing that you were searching for.
1: I mean, it was kind of a miracle. Uh, the, uh, the short version was that mm-hmm. before I went to grad school, working with my bachelor's in psychology, mm-hmm. uh, I got a job working in a methadone clinic in Newark, New Jersey.
0: Oh, and this was how long ago? So that would have been 1984. OK, yeah. A okay. very
1: prophetic uh, number, right? So <laughs> in a methadone yeah. clinic in Newark, New Jersey, I think I lasted a month. Mm-hmm there and um mm-hmm. i mean it wasn't therapy it was administering methadone and then doing a checklist of you know okay are you mm-hmm.
0: heroin, are you okay mm-hmm.
2: go. Um, so it was, it was
1: a very unhappy uh tragic and kind Diana, of in a...
0: and methadone is used for recovering addicts to uh to oh. heroin right and yes yes okay. I'm Sorry, yeah. you know i've been in it
1: so long i forget that Thank you. Um, methadone is used in the treatment of heroin addiction.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's a substitute addiction and it's an in fact mm. a much stronger addiction. Mm-hmm. It's much a harder addiction to break. Uh, but methadone is legal.
2: Mm-hmm. So heroin
1: addicts can get methadone to sort of pull yeah. them over.
2: And okay. it has a
1: very low success rate. I don't mm-hmm. know, frankly, any heroin addict who has actually gotten sober using methadone, though so they might be oh, on methadone really? for many, many years. And they may be much more functional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they call it methadone maintenance. But they, I'm sure there's some case where someone actually has gotten sober, but they very, very unlikely.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for that explanation.
1: Thank you. Yeah, thank you yeah. for asking. So that yeah. compelled me mm-hmm. to go to grad school. And so I went back to the school where I did my bachelor's. Uh, kane college now kane university in union new jersey and i just walked into the admissions office and said you know do you do you have a grad program in Mm -hmm. psychology by any chance they said well yes yes we do would you like a full scholarship (laughs) 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 yes i I
0: would that's amazing it was incredible would you like a
1: a little uh, job at the college counseling center for a stipend, oh, and yeah. is, oh my god! So yeah. I began working in the college counseling center, doing my graduate studies, and um, in two years mm. I completed my master's. And then I already had this two years of clinical experience mm.
2: mm-hmm.
1: while I got to do that while studying transpersonal psychology, mm. which just it was a yeah. perfect, you know, synchronicity mm-hmm. of events, right?
0: right. Oh, wow. So how did you get uh, or how did you get familiar with psychedelics and and and, the, and can you tell us a little bit more about the about psychedelics in general? But it just how did you get started in that? And yeah. So how did that happen?
1: Well, uh, I will be completely honest with you. And as I already mentioned, I come from a long line of drug addicts and alcoholics. And in my own um, struggles with depression, mostly depression, some anxiety, because, you know, who doesn't have some anxiety? Who doesn't have some depression? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was very deeply depressed and codependent, also, coming from the environment that I came Mm -hmm. from. Right. right. So looking for remedies, um, and I did find Buddhism very early on as well. And some of the Buddhist teachers at that time, did also talk about the psychedelic experience.
0: Oh, um, okay. really? That's interesting. Yes. Okay. Uh, and
1: like Jack Kornfield
0: comes to mind. He mm-hmm. writes
1: quite a bit about that. And mm. you know, there are others, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So in college, doing my bachelor's, um, I did stumble across some of the writings of Timothy Leary. And Timothy Leary, who now I have learned much more about, he was kind of a shady character and had connections to the CIA I Oh. Uh, but Timothy Leary famously said: tune in, turn on, drop out. He was a professor of, of psychology at Harvard University. Mm-hmm. And um, he gave a lot of his students and others LSD. And then sort of, you know, talked him through, worked him through the experience. And I'm sure he did a lot of harm, but he did a lot of good as well. So Timothy Leary, besides tune in, turn on, drop out, he also said, and I think this is pretty much a direct quote. He said that LSD has a universal experience of making the user feel at one with God.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: And that was what got me.
0: Mm. Because, in that time,
1: mm. in a search to overcome my depression and what I didn't even know was my codependency at that time, mm-hmm. and a sort of a desperate spiritual search, also sparked by my initial um, investment in Buddhism, you know, and everything that I was learning on that path, it was a natural, right? Mm-hmm. So, I found a way, I yeah. found a friend get some, I got some, and I found it to be incredibly helpful, incredibly enlightening. Oh, and as all Huxley amazing, uh, would say, you know, blew open the doors of experience.
0: Wow. And, and you know, it's, I, I think it's so, I think it's the ideal way to come Honestly, to come into psychedelics is to experience it yourself, right? Yeah. To not just read about it if, from an academic perspective or as a therapist, uh, you know. To, but to actually experience that, to go through that journey, to do the healing, and it, I, I think that's the best way to even be introduced to to this field yeah. of psychedelic assisted therapy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and um, I, you know, in retrospect, how wonderful would it have been to have a real guide in that process? Um, however, you know, mm-hmm. I did, you know, find my own way and I did learn so much and definitely made some mistakes, you know, and there were definitely periods of mm-hmm. time when I was probably abusing it. Mm-hmm. And for all of the enlightenment and, you know, sort of revelations that it provided for me, you know, truly like deep insight and understanding mm. and acceptance and love that okay. I experienced. Mm. Um, it did not stick in and of itself. It did not stick. I, I was valuable for sure. And things about it certainly did stick with me that I could mm. access. But as far as my overall recovery, into you know an actualized and you know generally happy individual Um, that also came as a result of further study and therapeutic work you know with Mm. transpersonal with buddhism Mm. with my meditation Mm. practice you know integrating you know that new knowledge into a fully formed you know sense of self and and as a therapist too it is very much informed my work as a therapist so I've mm-hmm. never been even, you know, legally or, you know, remotely, you know, sort of allowed mm-hmm. within the scope of my license right. to say, Hey, you know, maybe you should try some hallucinogens. Um, <laughs> but it has still right, right. informed my practice where I understand people's experiences. Yeah. On,
0: on a but, different level. You know, the field is changing though. I mean, who knows how it's going to be in the future, but I definitely, even the interest in psychedelic assistive therapy or yes. just psychedelics in general, I feel mm-hmm. that, is pointing to the shift and yes. openness to many other ways of healing because that the truth is, and that's why, you know, I, I call this, this podcast uh, inner healing paths because there's so many different paths that lead to healing. And, and ultimately it is a journey. Uh, and through our journey um, we are at Liberty to, to choose and make decisions about what we feel that we need at different points in our in time in our life because it's going to be different right what you need now might be very different than what you'll need 20 years from now but but nevertheless you're still healing right you're st- it is still a lifelong journey i believe mm-hmm. you know it's it's a journey not necessarily a destination i know it sounds cliche but it really mm-hmm. is right yeah, so absolutely. i i so when you mentioned diana that it didn't stick what part of it did i mean so i guess what did stay with you what what part you feel that you you've been able to hang on to and it has helped you to this point is there a, a conc- just in concrete terms like what did you feel that helped you the most from your own experience with psychedelic that's
1: a really good question i th- the as i said you know in my and you know my dive into Buddhism because I found it, you know, much more directly addressed, um, my own personal suffering and the suffering of humanity, Uh, my hallucinogen experience as with my meditative experience brought me so quickly though, meditation takes Mm. a long time. Meditation takes a lot of practice. And I do believe that that is an essential, it's definitely an essential part of my path has been. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the hallucinogenic experience
0: brought me right there, right then. Okay. And so, so I had, uh, what um, do you mean? Ex- like right there, like in, in that state of mind, like an al- that outer state of mind just brings up what, what specifically. What it gave
1: say- me access to higher consciousness in a way okay. that is so clear and so real. Mm. And this is, um, I believe, a, one of the great metaphysical truths is mm. that we will never be able to put the absolute truth into words. Oh. Absolute understanding, knowledge, consciousness, call it what you will, mm-hmm. cannot mm-hmm. be translated into words. It's an yeah. experience.
0: Yeah, I believe that. Absolutely.
1: So having the experience, I have that knowledge. And then a lot of the integrative work is sort of trying to as best possible put it into words so that it can be more accessible to others, you know, mm. using it as you know therapeutically and to remind my own self, you know, oh, but remember that. Remember that experience of being there, of knowing this and breathe and tap in. And so it facilitates a much quicker access I guess that conscious connection where I know I know and I also know I can't really put it into words
0: right you can't unlearn or unknow what you've already what you've experienced even though you can't put into words but it was this transcendental experience right that it just shifted and changed things within you to your courts and and I and when it comes to, and you mentioned earlier, there's things that didn't stay and that didn't stick. Yeah. And that it, was it things that you wish you were hoping to heal through psychedelics that it just wasn't it just didn't do that for you or it just it just over time, it just lost its power in that regard.
1: Yeah, that's a great question too. So what didn't stick was the happiness. You know, because I would have these incredible experiences and I would just be, you know, on top of the world, you know, like, oh my God, you know, like I know what I feel. I am it, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, um, yeah.
1: But then, of course, life gets in the way, you know, and I had the issues that I went in with around codependency mm-hmm. and depression. Um, mm. So those issues, those reactive kind of feelings came back circumstantially. And so I would pull on that experience. But then I also need, needed to incorporate meditation, you know, and therapeutic interventions to
2: mm-hmm.
1: make them more sort of solid within myself, mm-hmm. you know. And then at some point, I, you know, I can't tell you the day, the time and place, but at some point there was a real shift. I'm like, oh, I'm okay now, you know, This I never have to go there again. Mm. I never have to be that depressed, that mm. reactive, that okay. codependent. Those tendencies are still in me, mm-hmm. but they've become such a small part, almost a memory. You mm. know, so that's wow. what I mean they
0: didn't stick. Yeah, no, they but were- that, that that makes sense. You know, I, I uh, In my own personal practice with, with clients, I do uh, parts work, um, internal family systems, which talks about just the the fact that there's there's different parts within us that and these parts have their own personality their own agenda sometimes and they they're there to protect us Mm -hmm. so what you just said right now that that part is still within you right there there's still that that tendency I think you said that tendency is still there but it's it doesn't have to protect you anymore you know from an IFS internal family systems perspective it doesn't have to take over is it's there, not my identity and, it, and yeah it no longer yeah it no longer takes yeah. over your your life right the depressive part or you know the anxious part whatever it may be it doesn't need to be so at the forefront it's still there and you can see it
2: mm-hmm.
0: but is it, it doesn't take the lead which for a lot of people struggling with depression with anxiety these parts within them take over right and they run their life and of course uh, it, it in cost tremendous pain and, and hurt so yes, yeah. and, and
1: um and the same kind of vein um pun intended you know mm-hmm. it's an addiction to this right this identity this uh mm. you know this neuroses mm. you know and it, it becomes mm-hmm. you know self-fulfilling in a way you know I'm yeah. uh, yeah. depressed and so I can always find any number of reasons to be depressed you know I'm codependent there's so many
0: reasons that I could put on that so
1: mm. many people I could blame for that mm. um, but that is not who I am and mm. it's not my identity anymore
0: mm. and, that, and that's part of healing too right mm. to be able to to have the the privilege to say that right because when you're in it in terms of the deep depression you, you don't even know that's an option right you don't even know. know that you have that part within you that you can just put you know a that you can talk to and put to the side and you know and and it doesn't have to take over your life like when you're in it you you don't have that perspective so part of healing is to have this perspective that you you just shared and to say i have i i can control these elements of my life i do have a say i do have a choice to a certain extent
1: well that that's an interesting point you know the control thing and this i would say is very has been very much revealed to me through Mm. this work
0: Okay, it's
1: not a matter of control. It's a matter
0: mm. of acceptance. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay, I so like I can't. That. Yes.
1: Yeah, I can't control my depression. Mm. Um, but I can accept it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: by accepting it, I can work with it. Mm. I can see it for what it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Quite no, clearly, absolutely. as yeah. like an aspect as a reactive emotional state. That I get into for, you know, various reasons, mostly Mm -hmm.
0: people Mm related,
1: but not necessarily could be environmental. You know, there's all kinds of things we could get good and upset and depressed about right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And truly
1: this work has kept my head above water, Mm. you know, to recognize that there is, you know, this is what I can do and this is where I am at, and this is the help I can provide, you know, and that keeps me afloat you yeah. know, but it is not control. That's a very mm. significant and delicate shift.
0: Okay. So it's coming to a point of acceptance, right? Of yes. That, mm. uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. And so, I think
1: it was Maslow. I think it was mm-hmm. Maslow that said nothing, nothing changes but through acceptance. So all of our resistance, which mm. is futile, resistance is futile. Mm -hmm. You know, we can say no, certainly no is much more powerful than resist, by the way, that's a separate conversation. Um, But acceptance creates a condition for change. Mm -hmm.
2: Because then we
1: can see clearly what it is we're really working. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. We're trying
1: to control it, if we're resisting it, if we're putting it in a box and up on a shelf.
0: Yeah, yeah, it will only grow stronger. Yeah yeah what what you resist right sometimes it just it persists it keeps it keeps coming up yeah that's right yeah uh you know i want to go back to something you you mentioned earlier with um you, you mentioned how at some point it became too much you were do, you it was almost addicting that you know that journey with psychedelics and, and and that brings up for me just it's interesting because i i think a, a lot of times people don't realize that part they just think of the the you know the the healing you know it's because it's promoted in that way right that you can access these 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 spaces within yourself and higher consciousness and tap into all of this wisdom and you know so you you it's very easy to to just lose sight of the other uh, the shadow side of it right the other side which is um, it's still a drug right and yeah. and because you have there is so much good that can come out it can be also very addicting and so I so thank you for bringing that up because I don't think people t- yeah. especially in the, because it's new and there's so much so much you know going around on this people are curious and this is i think this is a, the reality that this happens right you get you get addicted to this
1: well in a sense and um and yes that is a very important point point. and you know as i said i was on my own
2: you know mm-hmm. i mean
1: and i was studying transpersonal psychology that's mm-hmm. once i got into grad school but i was right. well into this oh. before grad school yeah, yeah you know just in my search And it definitely did get out of hand. Um, I was young and um, searching and, you know, having a ball also, you know, it was also sort of like a party thing for me too. So I got way more experience with it because I was just left to my own devices. You know, there was no such thing as a guide, but not that I knew of. Uh, there were shamanic yeah. guides, you know, people doing, right, right. you know, sort of peyote ceremonies
0: mm, and uh, mm-hmm.
1: ayahuasca ceremonies and mm. parts of the world. And, you know, probably even not that far from me, but I had no knowledge of that. Right, right. Or I certainly would have gone
0: that way. Okay. So
1: I was, you know, kind of a bit of a wild child. I was also very young. I started college when I was 16.
0: Oh
2: my! Oh, I did Yeah, know that. so
1: the first time yeah. that I tried acid, I think I was nineteen. Oh,
2: so wow. you know, yeah. I mean,
1: I if I'd had you know better guiding and supervision mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. I would not have been quite so reckless. Okay. Um, you know, and then there were other, you know, it was peyote, and there was the, mm. the, you know psilocybin, and what know, is peyote?
0: So, peyote is, is be- a cactus. It's from it a be- cactus. I think I heard it peyote. Is it is Spanish, yeah. right, Spanish, right? Spanish. Okay. Ah, yes, I've heard of that. I've heard, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, and there are, I mean, there are subtle differences, I'm sure, in how it affects the, the brain and the psyche and you know, but mm. generally speaking, people who've tried lots of different hallucinogens will say that they do tend to bring you to the same place. Mm. And, um, you know, some are more ritualized, some are cleaner than others, for sure. Mm. Um, But so yeah, so where I kind of went sideways with it was due to the circumstances, Mm. and my own suffering, making me so desperate in the search, you know, and then once I found it, You know, I became extremely enthusiastic about
2: Mm -hmm. it and then overly
1: enthusiastic about it. But then just, you know, by the grace, you know, my lucky stars, um, however you want to call divine intervention,
2: Mm -hmm. um,
1: I was very well protected. Mm -hmm. And I can see looking back at many points when it could have gotten very bad. Oh, okay. Uh, Mm But just, you know, again, by Mm -hmm. the the grace,
2: I am not an
1: addict, and I've never been. So
2: yeah, Yeah.
1: I have nothing to account for that other than good luck. Yeah, because my family genetics. So when it did start to get, you know, particularly dodgy, I just naturally drew back,
2: Mm. you know, like, okay, "Okay, that's
1: enough of that. And pulled back and then getting into, you know, my own therapy
2: and, you know
1: deeper into my buddhist path and, mm-hmm. and then into my own professional practice as well all of this has contributed you know to stabilizing all of that experience and preparing me to use it to help others
2: okay. you know yeah. and
1: um, so and as you mentioned it is becoming more acceptable and right mm-hmm. now in the state of california there are MDMA trials that are happening
2: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, I've seen that. and there yeah. is as you know we talked a little bit about there is ketamine assisted psychotherapy
0: yeah and yeah. Um,
1: that one is fully legal and approved and, and there's am-
0: clinics right there's ketamine yes. clinics that you can just yeah i mean if you meet that criteria you can actually pay right i don't think our insurance is covering that now no not that, no, that i right? know of there may a be lot of some these are cash
1: cash yeah money. yeah there might be some exception to people with you know sort of gold standard insurance okay. perhaps okay. Um, okay but i doubt it I, yeah i am connected to a clinic in pasadena Mm. Uh, they're called the Southern California uh, Infusion Clinic. Mm. And um, the guy there, his name is uh, Greg Wright. He's a nurse Mm. practitioner who's been doing ketamine infusion uh, starting as he was a nurse anesthesiologist, nurse practitioner anesthesiologist. So he gave ketamine for many years um, for surgeries and for pain. Yeah, 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 okay. And then in more recent years, they found that Mm. people undergoing ketamine for whatever reason, Come out the other side of it happy.
2: Yeah.
1: And they stay happy Mm -hmm. for sometimes months Mm -hmm. at a time. And then if they are predisposed to depression, the depression will come back. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they might do another. Now, so in ketamine infusion treatment, um, they typically do between three and six sessions.
2: Mm. And then they
1: might do like a tune up session in a year or two. Um, But often the effects are lasting. They may never come back, and then the effects are going to be more lasting, combined with psychotherapy. Of course, oh, you know, yeah, you have, yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: When you can talk mm-hmm. about it, process mm-hmm. it, just as that solidified, you know, my own experience and learning. Mm-hmm. It will for these patients as
0: well. Yeah. So I'm very excited about moving forward with ketamine infused yeah, uh, yeah as psychotherapy. Super. Especially because that's right now what was what available, right? What we exactly have for, for patients that want to look into this is something that is is, is, is that, that you can't mean you know, it's illegal, you know, at, at least I don't know if every everywhere, but at least in California, right? Yes. It's, in yeah. California
1: and many other places as well. I can't oh, list okay. off the states, but it is completely above board, legal, supervised. Supervised. Um, that's and the key. Safe. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. safe. And yeah. as far as yeah. I know, um, there
0: hasn't been one bad reaction. Okay. Yeah. You know, know, I want to go back with, with the ketamine. um, So I know that for, I I mean, I'm not, I don't have a a lot of knowledge in this regard with psychedelics, but the little bit that I, that I've read, um, I know that essentially, I think you mentioned this, that they all have a different way or journey. We know as when you take it, the journey might be a little bit different the The end result tends to be very similar, mm-hmm. uh, but with with ketamine specifically, do you feel that uh, the reason why is it's legal or at least more at least here in California is more accepted? Is, is it because it's less hard, like less harsh? Because I know with certain others like um, ayahuasca, for what I've for what I've read and seen on on TV, it seems like it's a pretty harsh journey to go through. I mean, yeah. it takes hours. I've seen people that, you know, just in the videos that I've seen, and there's tons of stuff on, on YouTube too. People get really, they seem very yeah. sick for you hours, sick. you know? And yeah. so, and then I, with um, MDMA, I I've read that there's a lot, of, there's actually, like you said, a lot of clinical trials because it's pretty quick. It, it lasts a few minutes and it's, and it's usually very effective. Um, so but I don't know the intensity of it in those in that time frame. I don't know if it's it could if it's too intense. But with ketamine, is it? Would you say that it's less um, harsher, intense? Is it is it a gentler approach to psychedelics?
1: Yes, and what all has gone on to make it legal in the state of California? I honestly do not know.
2: Um, okay, I,
1: I know there are many hoops, and they've been working on it for a long time. Um, Greg Wright uh, knows a whole lot more about that. And he would, I'm sure love to be interviewed by you at some point, if you like, I'd be happy to well, set that be up. Awesome. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. I is mean, such a good person too. Um, so the ketamine, yes, it's very gentle and it's very short acting. So when they're, when the patient is having an infusion, the effects of the drug last as long as the infusion. And then shortly, just a little bit thereafter. So they come into the office, they, you know, get all comfy Mm -hmm, to receive mm -hmm. the infusion. And that goes on for about an hour and then, you know, then slowly, you know, come back out of it Mm -hmm. and they're good to go, you know, so compared to LSD, Mm -hmm. that could be a 12 hour experience
2: and
0: so that's mm-hmm. extremely intense mm-hmm. extremely prolonged and all kinds of things could happen and, and that it could be anytime. dangerous right I mean if you don't go to a trusted source or a trusted companion as you're right. doing this journey I mean I could right. imagine it, it could be very unsafe
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah right.
0: and it's a, and just
1: by virtue of the fact that it's going on for so long you know any other exactly. number of elements could happen you know mm-hmm. to interfere mm-hmm. to you know get like a bad trip kind of thing um, and yeah, the set and setting as, you know Timothy Leary would talk about all the time too is so important. So you need to be in a really safe place with really safe people, you know. So mm-hmm. it needs to be comfortable, mm-hmm. and ideally there should be some nature and
2: mm-hmm. you know. So
1: the and so that's the nature of our, uh, I guess, our so-called healthcare system is mm-hmm. that you know everything has to be regulated. Yeah. And so, mm. in the ketamine clinics, it's extremely regulated. It's extremely oh. safe. Mm.
2: You know, it's very okay.
1: contained. You know, there is supervision for the entire time, right? Um, so peyote, uh, so psilocybin too. Sometimes, uh, definitely uh, uh, ayahuasca. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll vomit, like mm-hmm. almost guaranteed. Okay. And you know that is not appealing. That is not pleasant. And under the um, sort of ritual of tradition where they're practiced, Mm -hmm. but, you know, where, you know, unless you're just taking it, oh, it's a party far from the bushes. If you're doing it more ritualistically, you know, it's, you know, it's pretty safe. There are guides, you know, you're taken care of.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, But those
1: experiences are few and far between and may involve travel to Costa Rica.
0: Mm-hmm. you know
1: or mm-hmm. south america and that's or- what i've
0: seen you know there's a lot of um, tourism now right yeah. related to that yeah. and i i right. personally i believe that there's a lot of also i'm sure there's really authentic genuine healers in in, in those places but i'm sure there's also people that just take advantage right of the need yes. and yes. the the desire for healing that either that people have and, and that search that they're on. Yeah. And I feel like there's a lot of room for, for, ab- for abuse in that regard. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Exploitation in every way,
0: yeah. from yeah. financial to sexual. You Absolutely.
1: Know, yeah. yeah. Sideways, So unless you really know where you're going and who's mm-hmm. in charge, um, then you'd be very careful yes. um, pursuing yes. that sort of path. So for someone who does not have uh, uh, any, experience then the ketamine clinic kind of experience is the safest most gentle you know sort of rational you know intelligent thing to do Mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. in this quest if you have some experience or you're just super adventurous and not afraid do your research, mm-hmm. you know, for heaven's yeah. sakes, do your research. Um, mm-hmm. But there's value in those experiences
0: too, of yeah. course. Yeah, of course. Um, but you know, I, I, we haven't really talked about, uh, and I just want to touch base uh, basis on. So this is something that, uh, you know, like if there's a lot of research coming out and the benefits for, to help patients that, that are, that are chronically depressed, not responding to medication or, uh, patients with PTSD, um, anxiety. Uh, in your experience, uh, just in your own clinical experience, what what type of um, I guess diagnoses or, Uh, what do you say this is the most helpful for or not necessarily diagnosis but just uh, difficulties and in life you know difficulties what do you feel that this uh, psychedelic assisted therapy what do you who do you think this is best for I I get the sense that this is not for everyone right so just you know someone experiencing depression for the first time um, you know it's you know I just So, I mean, unless there's, of course, a chronic um, history of trauma and, you know, it's just coming out now because maybe they they just had their baby for the first, you know, first baby, postpartum, and all of this comes to the surface, which could happen, right? But I get the sense that this is for those, and correct me if I'm wrong, but for those that have been on a journey, that have tried other things and nothing really sticks, like you said, nothing is really working or nothing is giving that lasting change that you look or sustained change I don't know what are your thoughts on that
1: um well I agree uh, I think with what you're saying and um and definitely not for everyone and here's another uh famous Timothy Leary quote he says don't give Cadillac drugs to a Volkswagen brain you know and which is Uh, not to demean anyone who's not interested in psychedelics at all but it's not for everyone it's It's not for everyone uh, exactly yeah, not everybody wants or is remotely interested in a transcendent experience.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have to have some inclination to that in the first place.
0: And not everyone needs it too, right? There's people but, that are perfectly happy with their life. And I've 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 heard yeah. of people, right? That they're perfectly happy. Yeah. And then they come, you know, they come across someone that, you know, has access to this or knows someone that and then they come out of that just really, really uh just worse, right? That they come out of that with these uh, re- rem- memories of other things that have happened to them, maybe did or did not, maybe, you know, and and they're just very, very overwhelmed. They're triggered, they're dysregulated. And it's like they were fine before, right? They didn't have, they were well,
1: just. I don't know. I mean, I mean, so why, you know, I'm full of, I feel like uh, little platitudes, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, um, and also, I think anyone that would move forward with such a course of treatment definitely has more going on than just being perfectly fine.
0: Mm, so you so, feel like this, this is almost like if this happened, or if you were curious about this, there's a r- higher reason guiding you to that or. Okay. Yeah.
1: You're okay. looking
0: for something. Now,
1: um,
2: clinically
0: speaking, mm.
1: in order to qualify for something like a ketamine
0: assisted okay.
1: psychotherapy, yeah. uh uh-huh. um, then they would need to have a medical diagnosis like major depression
0: okay.
1: post-traumatic stress disorder, even mm. um, e- extreme anxiety disorder uh, very appropriate in the treatment for all of those things okay. any of those things any combination of those
2: things mm-hmm. uh,
1: but somebody who is like I say you know perfectly happy the way they are, they're not going to be looking
2: mm-hmm. for
1: this kind of experience and then if by yeah. some you know series of circumstance you know their friend is like you know hey let's you know try this crazy yeah. psychoactive psychedelic drug and they say sure i'm up for that
0: mm, you, yeah there is something there already right guiding, yeah, yeah guiding you to that yeah
1: might have a bad experience because they might not be ready for that right They're, right uh, yeah definitely
2: not for
0: everyone and and that's um, what a lot of people don't talk about right when, especially in the media on youtube and you know all these shows I, i've seen so many shows on netflix too on this Yeah, they just focus on the glamorous part of it right the you know accessing higher consciousness right. and you know all but the, the reality is that, like you said, it can be pretty, pretty harsh. You know, yeah. to come out of that and and recovering yes. from that can be pretty harsh. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: especially without the proper sort of support and guidance. You know, and it doesn't. I'm not saying it has to be a professional.
0: Okay.
1: You know, like Some me of, or you. Yeah. It could be just someone. You know, who's in the right place and they have the experience. Yeah.
0: And it's safe, right? Yeah. But, Someone yeah. that is safe to go. Yeah. To. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, for the, for your, for the, for the clinic that, that you're connected to, um, or I guess just in general, but do, do, do people need a specific referral from a doctor or is it self-referral? I mean, how, how does that work? For, uh, the, they for can, ketamine,
1: They can, they can go directly. They will need a diagnosis, you know, mm. to begin their treatment. And that may be provided by a therapist like me. Uh or a a psychiatrist, or a doctor, any other doctor, Mm -hmm. provide that diagnosis. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then, you know, the treatment can proceed, because it is a medical model still. So Mm. you can't just say, let's do this.
0: Yeah, yeah. There
1: has to be some clinical reason. Yeah. And as a therapist, you know, like, a ketamine clinic will do this infusion therapy with anybody with an appropriate diagnosis. Um, As a therapist, I really believe in vetting those patients and doing at okay. least a session or two before the first infusion. You know, identify what is going on, what are they working on, you know, are they prepared, you know, and desirous really of finding this yeah, you know, exactly. higher consciousness. And, you know, if that's all a go, then yeah, let's do this.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, and
1: uh, what an opportunity, you know, really incredible. Hmm. But definitely, definitely not for everyone. And I would say also as a therapist, I am inclined to say, well, have you tried therapy? You know, have you tried meditation? You know, what sort of real behavioral changes have you made to address this problem?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the
1: exercise, are you eating healthy? Are you living on caffeine and um, fried food? I don't know. You know, these are things I think it's important to assess yeah before you know sort of a holistic kind
2: of so you know, assessment.
0: what you're alluding to is that this is a component of treatment yes. it's a component of healing as you say it's not everything right there's uh, there's other areas of your life that you can do everything else but if you don't work on your nutrition for example right. or uh, you know, you're like, like you said, if you're not taking your medicine, if you're a diabetic, and you're, you know, it's, it's all, you know, the mental emo- it's all connected, right? Spiritual, yeah. mental, and, and and physical well-being, and if one of these is missing or not being addressed, like, you know, you can only do so much in one and the other area, right?
1: Yes, very much so. Which is right back to what you know when it's not sticking. You know, in order exactly. for it to stick, you know, these other things need to be in place too. Now that said. Um, we both know plenty of patients that have no interest in doing real therapy. They just want the drug.
0: They want the quick fix, right? They want they the just quick fix magic with the wand, or, just the Zoloft me. or the yeah. Ativan yeah. or yeah. whatever it
1: is. Yeah. They just give me that drug and let me go. Right. And mm-hmm. so, okay, well then I guess I can't really help you much as a therapist. Mm-hmm. There are such people, patients, clients, whatever you want to call them. And we got to wish them well. Okay. but well, that's Okay. Yeah. That's working for you. I hope it's working for you. Off you yeah. go, Same and it cannabis. does for
0: some people, right? For it some does. People, yeah, for it's, it's good enough. You but know, you know, like, like you said, you, 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 as a therapist, you're they're in your office, and you're like, there's more to it, right? There, there's right. much more healing that you need to do that yeah. the medication is just not going to. That's right. Do for you, it's not going to do everything. Yeah. You have to do the so, work. That's right. You and I, yeah, the we emotional like work plumb the depths and figure out Mm. where it came
1: from and what's really going on Mm -hmm. and here's the things that we need to do for you to feel better. And if you're not doing all of these things, you know, that that's not going. you know, you're not going to really get there and stay there. And it's a maintenance thing too. You have to keep doing it. So just like someone who just wants their Prozac and, you know, I'm okay. The same could happen with a ketamine infusion situation. You know, they have their diagnosis, they do this drug, they feel better for a month or six months, then they get another infusion. Mm. And that type of treatment is not something that I really advocate,
2: mm. but I
1: know that people are doing that. And these yeah. tend to be people in very um, high high power kind of position, mm. like workaholics, for example. Mm. Um, workaholics, their mentality, and that is also an addiction, Right. They just, they don't have time for that. They don't have time to yeah. do the deeper
0: to psychological the work. Yeah.
1: They just want to feel better and get back to it. And this type of person may do a ketamine infusion like once mm. a month or every couple of months or whenever they feel like they need it.
0: Yeah. yeah. And
1: clinically it's indicated, you know, mm-hmm. cause they have this mm-hmm. depression, they have this trauma, they have this anxiety or whatever. Um, and it's very helpful. And if that's what they want and they can afford it, you know, then, okay. okay. I don't think that's healthy. You know, I yeah. think they need yeah. I agree. more real, you know, deep dive kind of exploratory therapeutic, yeah. you know, enlightening kind of work in order to actualize themselves.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Diana, in your role, uh, uh, you know, as a, as a psychedelic or ketamine assisted psychotherapist uh, in your role how does what do you actually are you in the would you would you be in the room with them as they're doing, going through this process or is, is this something that they do afterwards or in between sessions how does how does it work and just for fellow therapists out there that are interested in doing this just just to get an idea so what what is your role or maybe there's different different approaches to this
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I would say sort of any of the above in a way, um, mm-hmm. depending on what the patient wants and needs. Okay. You know, so they want someone with them before, during, and after the actual infusion session, you know, that is certainly a- appropriate and acceptable.
2: Oh, okay. um,
1: where I feel like what really needs to happen is at least one to two sessions beforehand, or more, okay. depending yeah. on the patient, yeah. mm-hmm. and then begin the infusion process. Being there at the time of the infusion is not that important because mm. the nurse is there, and you know they're not mm. necessarily going to be talking at all.
0: Oh, um, so okay, they don't got it. want the
1: physical support, or they don't, you know, it's it's
0: to feel safe. Good, yeah,
1: not necessary,
0: but it might okay. be. Okay, okay, got it.
1: Um, I feel that you know the before and the
0: after. Yeah, no. You know, after, and the yeah. after
1: might not even be until the next day or the next week,
0: mm, you know, when they
1: maybe make some notes, do some journaling yeah, about their yeah. experience, things that come up with them afterwards to then be able to process.
0: Yeah, to be able to process that, because I could imagine uh, uh, there's, I mean, if for the whole purpose is to, to have these shifts, you know, these emotional, psychological, or spiritual shifts within you so you can feel better. So I'm sure there's so much, processing that happens right after a, after a treatment that how do you contain that i mean if you don't have therapy do you like i don't know for those that don't have a therapist do they journal you know i mean i can't even imagine another way to contain this the 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 aftermath of this the emotional and spiritual you know aftermath of all of this some, I'm sure some people don't need to, right? There's some people they don't can want just, to, can, they, just, yeah, and they don't want to, they just, they can just get up and, and go. But I mean, I'm thinking of the way I am. I know I'm, right. I, I process through talking and yeah. I would need to have that. So I can't imagine someone not, not having that support afterwards.
1: Yeah, no, me neither, you know? And I mean, even just for example, over the many years of, uh, you know, getting dental work done, I would um, always opt for nitrous oxide for my dental work. Mm which is another extremely powerful uh, hallucinogen that I believe would be very appropriate for this type oh, of therapeutic oh, work, wow. which is not approved for that. But you, know, mm. the dentist office, you can get it for your dental work and it does induce this you know, extremely transcendent kind of experience. Huh. Um, so even after just doing that over so the years interesting. For uh-huh. dental work, a filling or a crown or whatever. And um, any dentist
0: can do this? Not it, any dentist. Oh, they, have okay. to be,
1: they have to be licensed and they have to be willing. You know, ah, not all dentists interesting.
0: do that, um,
1: but I'm a big advocate and huge fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes dental work a breeze and, oh, um, wow, okay. and you come out the other side with like, wow, you know, well, that just happened.
0: So even that's amazing. First, I mean, I, I, I just, with, with a lot of tra- uh, patients with specific phobias and traumas related to, I mean, it's such a huge, huge, uh, uh a need for that kind of support there's so many people that have they don't go to the dentist for years yeah it's it because of this fear the, or trauma that's right it completely
1: yeah. changes the experience right okay. thank you um, for sharing
0: that oh
1: yeah and yeah. so after those experiences which don't happen every year you know um yeah. <laughs> uh, since i discovered that was a possibility mm. you know, that's a thing you can have um, then I would come out the other side of that, needing to talk about it mm. and share it, and um, to sort of you know try to attempt to remember some of those things. And as I said before, having that experience of well, what was that? I can't quite put it into words, but I was there. You know, I could oh. feel it, I could see it, I know it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So just being able to share it on that sort of you know very undefined yeah. kind of has been so helpful and meaningful. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know why anybody would, except like I said, like a workaholic, you know, mm-hmm. or just like, a, or maybe they've got a bunch of kids and they just don't have the time they can't, you know, it's just go, go.
0: Right, go. right. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Or sometimes they just don't want to deal with it, right? It's too, too much to even, so it's. That's right. They just compartmentalize and they There's put it away. To it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah, for some of the real, you know, trauma stuff, sexual abuse, especially, mm. um, childhood sexual abuse, especially. Um, Mm. there is an inclination to just, I just want to forget about
2: it. Mm. I just want to feel
1: better and forget about it. And it will help to do that. Um, but my personal belief and experience is that that work needs to be done around
2: Mm. for true healing. Absolutely. I'd be good enough,
1: and I need to accept. That good enough is good enough
2: mm-hmm.
1: and let go of my control issues
0: mm-hmm.
1: that, no but we have more work to do We're like well okay you're good you're
0: good okay. yeah yeah and, and you know and, and i believe like i like i said earlier we're we're all work in progress, you know. We're not done until we're done, you know. With, you know, at the end, but and maybe and, not
2: that. <laughs> and, 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 and
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, I believe in that too, right? That we we're pro- we're not done, and we're gonna come back, you know. But that's a whole other, a whole other topic. Yeah, here, but, there, you know, or somewhere, yeah. Yeah. So, but honestly, like it's and and there's an, for a lot of people, um, I've noticed there's a there's this, and I think it's, and it's it's okay, you know, because it pushes you to to start your healing journey, but. There is this, a sense of urgency um, to just do everything and just get it done, and then I'm going to feel better. And the reality is that it sets you up to be disappointed because you can do all of the, you can do everything, and and, and you may still not be there, right, where you right. see yourself um, right. in regards to healing. And it's just a journey. But if, like you said, if it's good enough for now, I, I, I will take that, right? I, I I will be good for now, and I'm okay with that. And being, like we mentioned the, the component of acceptance, you know, just being in acceptance of where you're at, regardless of what point that is in, in your journey. It's so it's such a key
1: acceptance. And, mm. and it's also for so many
2: humans,
1: that is, that's where our resistance really digs in Mm. is that I think, you know, somewhat our nature, our defense mechanisms, you know, maybe it's a caveman thing
2: Mm. that
1: if I deny it, then it doesn't exist. Mm. Don't talk to me about accepting my abuse, Mm. you know, because there's a, just just a misunderstanding of what it really means. And this is what is really facilitated by these therapies is Peeling through the resistance Mm. into the true acceptance where it's really okay.
2: You're already
1: okay. Mm. You already have what you need. You already are who you are.
2: Mm.
1: You're a perfectly divine and flawed human being and it's all okay. And whatever happened has caused no permanent damage
2: Mm. to your
1: true self, you know, Mm. to to your soul, if you will.
2: Yeah,
1: you know, to your divine nature, and Mm -hmm. many times these traumas do inform our development, you know, and they certainly do affect us and wound us in some ways, um, scar us even. But underneath all of that, and that's the you know, the layers of the onion that everybody talks about, underneath all of that is this divine presence of of knowing
0: and perfection. Yeah, you're, 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 you're already inherently good, whole, perfect, you know, when you, like you said, when you peel the, the onions and you get to that core, you're the source of who you are, you are, you are good, right? Mm -hmm. You are good, you're whole and, and, and you're nothing, you know, I think just deeply, I deeply believe what you just shared and and thank you for, for those words um because that's it resonates with me in my own belief about life you know and humanity in general
1: yeah and when you know when used properly um safely you know we can peel back those layers you know with with rapid
2: success Mm. you
1: know where if we're just sort of hammering away with some cognitive behavioral and Mm. you know Mm -hmm.
2: just
0: yeah, there's only be. so much that can do, right? There's only yeah. so much anything can do. Where there's limitations right. to everything. That's why it's it's important to to take what what helps you from one approach, take it, go with it, and then see what else is out there, right? To continue your journey. And uh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Diana, for coming on and sharing your knowledge and all your wisdom. I really appreciated um, and. And
1: it's
0: my if, pleasure. I'm yeah. so sorry. Hold on one second. Sure. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. About that. Oh, no, no worries. So Diana, if, um, if our listeners want to learn more about you and, and just read up more about your work, um, how can they find you? How can they connect with you? Uh, so I have a
1: website or web page, actually. It's still in development, but it's, it's not too bad. And I can be reached there uh, by, by email.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, that's dianalittle.com. So okay. dianalittl com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear from uh, anyone and everyone with mm-hmm. any kind of interest in this or um, or traditional psychotherapy yeah. as well. Okay. Um, and I read tarot cards and have done since I was a teenager. Yes, and
0: we didn't even touch on that. That's yeah. another amazing part of you, and I know that I we yeah. shared a lot on that yeah. <laughs> personally. Yeah, so that's uh, right. That's uh, really
1: fun, and yeah, um, absolutely. Many people certainly enjoy incorporating that into their therapy, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in private practice, I can do that.
0: Yeah, you
2: know? yeah, so absolutely. I'm, I'm, well,
1: yeah, excited about doing that type of work. Yeah. Too. So, for yeah, readings, therapy, and or ketamine assisted. Um, I'm 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 the one, I'm the girl, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and there are others as well, of course. But I'd be yeah. most happy to hear from any of your listeners. Thank
0: you so much for That's having. Great, us. thank you, Diana. Okay, I'll I'll see you next time. Okay, bye bye. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it, share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us. To stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on, you can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast. And you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachetilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to sharing with you again next time.